We are musicians. Bernie Cyrilson is an electronic music composer and teacher based in California. You can listen to his music at transclassical.com. We chatted about how nature informs his music, what he teaches his students, and his hope for the world. My, my dad would have been Bernie Sanders if he could have gotten it out of his own way. He, he was talking like that. And um, my mom was also kind of a radical. She was, they fell in love because she was on the, her stump um, with her socialist stuff back in 1920, whatever. And um, yeah, my mom put me to work on piano. I, it's kind of like I didn't have a choice. We kind of got some knockdown drag outs over it. But thank you, mom, because <laughs> my life is all about music now. music scene since the days we were splicing cutting up tapes and splicing them together and, and you know nowadays we sample stuff in the computer and draw a little box around it and copy this over there and do all kinds of stuff to it when i started out you actually recorded stuff on tapes you'd have these tape loops hanging off the wall over the place labeled like okay um piano attack bing and then you snip off the beginning the attack of the piano and splice it into like a trumpet so it's bang like that and all kinds of manipulations and that was called music concrete so i started there but then i discovered then i discovered the synthesizers my first album was actually when i was 10 my brother got me switched on bach which was bach and electronics all at once and i had this picture this amazing thing i didn't know what it was on the cover with all the knobs and the buttons and the wires and all that it's like wow that's what i want to do but when i got into college and i discovered the synthesizers and then the digital music Are you a musician who would like to be on this podcast? If you are, drop me an email at mypianopartner at gmail.com. I teach piano. It's the best choice I ever made, or you know, one of those really great choices. I remember the moment I was actually on a, a, like a short vacation from my day job, and I was actually waiting for jury duty, which wasn't the most pleasant thing, but it just occurred to me, you know what? I like this timing thing here. What am I good at? What do I love to do? Oh, of course. So I told them and they said, we knew. <laughs> we, we knew you're going to go off and teach piano. They, they could see the thought bubbles popping off. You know, the rest, so to speak, was history. In general, I usually go to folks' houses. I think I only had one online student prior to our shutdown. But it's, it's actually making me a better teacher in a way. I'm a little more... A little more present with them, actually, especially little kids, because little kids can know how to twist me around their finger and, you know, ask all the questions that they don't really need to be asking so that they don't get to do what I'm asking them to do. When I'm online, I just I don't fall for it and they don't try. And, and we're all loving it. We're all having a great old time.
my influences, I grew up listening to Tangerine Dream and a lot of progressive rock like Pink Floyd and way more obscure European bands. But a lot of the electronic musicians, Brian Eno is one of my gods. And then I'm kind of a um, iconoclast without being a without having a chip on my shoulder about it. So I don't necessarily do what everybody else did, but I certainly learned from it. I promised somebody I was going to allow nature to inspire me because I was just trying to discover like I, I'm missing something in my creativity. So I went for a hike and I came back and the first thing I did is turned on the keyboard and improvised kind of my feelings from being out in the nature and the trees and all that. And I don't know if it's any different than what I would have done otherwise, but I kind of could feel it. I'm, I'm very inspired by nature. and I've just been really stopping myself. In, in, this whole lockdown has been a real eye opener. Like, wait a second, what am I really up to? I was sitting out, I went, took a ride up north, um, up, up uh, Big Sur, and I parked someplace and I found myself hiking off in the wilderness. And I sat myself on a rock in the middle of a stream and I just listened. And I don't usually let myself just sit and listen. That's another thing I'm taking on now is listening. And at first, it's just this wash of sound. But then I started hearing the little curly cues of trickle over there, a little micro waterfall over there, and a splash there. And I promised myself I was going to recreate that in music. And I really did in the introduction. So it's a long introduction to this sort of robotic voice doing the Jabberwocky poem. I didn't realize I had done that, but when I went back, it's like, whoa, that's that thing I've been promising myself to do all these years. There's a place that used to be called the, the um, uh, Filthy McNasty's Club, rather famous. Went out of business, you know, years ago, and it turned into a um, kind of a, a local uh, Mexican kind of dance club. And I'm walking past the entrance, and I hear this outrageous electric guitar distorted, you know, it would have made Jimi Hendrix proud. Just cool, and, you know, I couldn't see inside. Then I look over to my left. And there's a car carrier and the poor driver had lowered the top on top of the lower cars. And that was that sound. Oh, I wish I had had a video. And I could look on this poor guy's face like he just screwed up, you know. So, but, but there's that guitar sound. How did you learn engineering? Not a lot of mixing because I programmed the mixing into the part. So I don't have to sit there doing nothing. And sometimes I do. Um, but I'll usually program that in too. The mastering is something new for me. Um, some of the software I got with my new toys here was mastering software. And um, I didn't really, I always hated the idea of compressors and things like that because they, they can ruin the sound. But I found out, used, right, and I spent a lot of time reading. So there's another new thing to learn that I'm learning. Uh, read all about compressors and limiters and how to EQ things. And there's some of the tools that do it all nicely. And I've just been experimenting with that. And I think I've gotten some great results. And I'm sure that's just like two, three months of, of playing with it, learning about it. So I'm sure the future's wide open for that too. But again, it, it, it it's almost going to come out good anyway, because there's no microphones or, you know, there's no, nothing in the way.
sometimes I'll write notes because I, you know, I know how to do that too. But a lot of it's generated, um, like you said, mathematical before. So I, I'll take something like the Fibonacci series, which is a series of numbers that cut, gives the spirals and Nautilus shells and all, you know, it's just all over the world. And um, I'll take those ratios and do notes and frequencies and volumes and stuff. So I, I've got a couple pieces based on that. So that was all generated. Now, after the fact, I go back and hone it down. I'm not stuck to the mathematical sequence like earlier composers thought they would be pure that way. Um, so it doesn't sound like mathematical, but maybe there's a coherence there that wouldn't have been. I don't know. It was fun. I'm getting some music licensing thing where there's music li licensing libraries. Quite a few of them, just like the photo libraries, like Getty Images and things like that. But there's music licensing libraries. Taxi is a big one. I'm not on there, but you post your music and listen to commercials. Some of it's pop music that we know. Some of it's like, where'd they get that? Well, from somebody like me. YouTube videos. My, my roommate watches these um, cycle things with pictures, and it's got this musical background that just repeats every minute or so. Like that kind of thing. And I under, my understanding is, I'm not real good with the whole financial thing, but that, that's where the money is in music right now, unless you're big enough. And the difficulty I ran into is I start writing something like I'm going to write a little two-minute ditty, really simple. And then, no, you know what? That needs a little more of this, a little more salt, a little more pepper, a little more garlic, you know? And all, all of a sudden, I got this eight-minute piece that's all sculpted and woven and all that, and it took me a month to do it. So I need to somehow reel myself in and become a production machine also. I don't mind that. In in, in I, I have no moral thing against it. It's just my, my ADD or whatever. I, actually, I call it chasing butterflies mentality has me not come back home that often. So it's my new challenge. I got to compose music for a dance production in LA a couple of years ago. It was a lot of fun. I got to do the, the war scenes with the angels fighting the devils. It was, a, it was a big LA production, so that's kind of cool. People have always told me my music needs dancers. But not not like, you know, just rock and roll dance, but to, actually to do modern dance, movement, movements to it and all that sort of thing. I did hook up with this beautiful young woman. Um, she moved back to South Carolina. And she's not doing it anymore. But she was dancing to some of my music. I did a concert at a, a little venue called um, Kulak's Woodshed. They're kind of a small but um, very popular place in the valley where I, I just played my recordings and she danced to it. And it was wonderful. They told me it was like one of their top two shows because it wasn't just somebody sitting on a guitar on a stool doing their songs, you know. So I love that. I don't know that that's where to make money, but I love that kind of notoriety like as a composer for I don't want to compose for films, but I would like to hook up with an experimental filmmaker and work together with them. There's one project I haven't yet talked about, which is different from the rest of them. It's called Telescope. And I do that with a good friend of mine, obviously we wouldn't park for a few months here, but it's also improvisational. He runs an array of loopers and effects, and I play. He's also doing electronic drums and that sort of thing. And I'm just improvising. I'll hit a note and it'll come back at me. And I'll play something else over it. It'll come back at me, play something else over it. And we're coming out with, you know, we've been doing that also about 14 years or more. And it's always been kind of good, but lately it's coming out like really good pieces of music. 
45 minutes to an hour and a half of this expository thing. Um, and I just gotta say, I'm really, I'm really good at that. I'm really good at picking out the sounds and the, and the melodies or chords or, or sometimes subtle parts. But giving the gift of music to a young child and, and having them start with just like, I don't know how to move my fingers to making beautiful sounds. I mean, that's as avant-garde as you can get, but you know, but it's not because it's, 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 it's really bringing something, like you said, it's really natural. Um, it's just so missed in some aspects of the way we live nowadays. Music's all over the place, obviously. There's no, we're not missing music, but that deep appreciation for what's going on there. Like you say, it's all vibrations. Like no matter how digital and fancy in the computer, it's not music until the speaker goes wah, 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 and makes the ear vibrate and my ears go. So it has to hit nature. And to have a child get that, and some of them are using electronic keyboards and some are using real pianos and I can talk about how they all work. And, you know, I, I give them a whole world. I'm not just teaching them how to, how to play you know, da, 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 no, it's a whole world of expression and how to be with mistakes, you know, and how to be with not mistakes and how to take acknowledgement and how to take criticism. And it's, you know, it's a whole world of that. I, I tell them, look, you're, you're going to get out there if you're going to perform and you're going to be all ready to go. And there's going to be that one person in the back crinkling that loud candy wrapper and it's going to blow your mind and you're going to figure out what, what you're doing. So we need to learn how to get off that. <laughs> and also how to know the piece so well that you can do it no matter if a jackhammer is going on. I see us coming to a point where we get to reinvent what the world's going to be. Like it's like one of those um, singularity moments where afterwards nothing's the same because not, it's not working. So we, we get to invent what's next. Otherwise, we're just going to, you want to go back? Very exciting times in a, in a kind of harsh way. We've got this whole mythology that you have to earn your ability to have a home and food and transportation and energy and all that sort of thing. And that might be true in some circumstances, but we got enough to go around in the world now. I'm a fan of Buck, Mr. Fuller. <laughs> and we got enough to go around in the world now, and it's really a distribution problem, and it's an attitude problem, and it's a caring problem. What I see is possible for a world where we just don't have to, that's not the way we measure worth. We measure worth by the fact we're born and exist. And then, you know, if you want to strive for more, if I really wanted a yacht, I'd do more or something. But no, I really just want to, do my thing and do it well and make people happy with it and maybe transform a few lives. This is Jana Cole, the creator of We Are Musicians podcast. 
You can leave me a voicemail at anchor.fm slash Jana-Cole9. Maybe I'll play your message on a future podcast. And I really appreciate your feedback. 